and welcome to the really big barbecue central show this is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling originating from the rock and roll hall of fame city of cleveland ohio the barbecue capital of the north coast i'm your program host Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings, live, fire, fun, and frivolous show. If you want to jump in this evening, more than happy to have you. Phone calls and emails are not only encouraged, they are recommended. Here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com on the Twitter and Instagram at BBQCentralShow. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, the BBQCentralShow.com. And here's what's happening coming up in about 12 minutes from now. It's the second Tuesday of the month. And you know what that means? A monthly visit from the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website to be found anywhere in the country and world. Of course, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com will be joining us tonight. We will briefly be touching on the subject of shrimp, and we will spend the lion's share of the evening talking about burgers, all kinds of burger information, burger grinding, not grinding burgers, cooking burgers, flat tops and grills and grill grates and save cooking temperatures, toppings, fixings, eatings. And everything in between. So if you have been looking to brush up on your burger game, you have happened to come across the best show at this point in time during the grilling season. That being Meathead's monthly visit here on the second Tuesday. He will, of course, carry the second hour as well. So if you have any phone calls or emails in the meantime, jump in and let us know. 216-220-0966 or Greg at the BBQ Central Show. And then we'll move to the second hour. We will find first-time guest and new charcoal purveyor to the industry. His name is Regis New Rourke, and he is the founder and pimper of a brand called Jerk Charcoal. And I'm not talking about J-E-R-K like Steve Martin. I don't know if that's a outdated reference at this point, but I'm pretty sure my crowd understands the genius and movie genius of one Steve Martin, the jerk, jerk charcoal. You see where I'm going with this. So we'll talk to Regis about starting the brand, what his background was, how he got into the charcoal business, why anybody would want to get into the charcoal business, given the likes of Royal Oak and Kingsford and a few others that are really the big players in the game. And over the course of this life of show, I have seen a number of upstart Charcoal manufacturers come summarily go. Some will stick it out for a reasonable amount of time, but they never seem to last. So we'll see what's going on with Regis and what his plans are for a getting roots into the ground and then growing as years pass. And then for the remainder of the second hour will be an open segment. We will reprise the Grandpa Rempe readings of the most historic reference material ever written on horse meat which is called Processing, Cooking, and Buying Horse Meat for Human Consumption. Of course, we all know by now this was written by Leon Kenny, and at the time of print, which is copyright 1952, this was going for a whopping 
25 cents per copy. And it's my kind of book because it's 17 pages. And it's not even a whole 17 pages, everybody. It's like 16 and a half, maybe pushing 16 and three quarters. So it's right up my alley when it comes to book size. And uh, you have a chance during that open segment uh, for winning Mike Lang's new book, One Beer Grilling. That is out just today. It is hitting platforms, patios, and back decks as we speak. 5.11 was the day that it is supposed to land if you did the pre-order, but you can also go over to his website, pick up a copy, but you'll have your chance to win one in the second hour as well. So if that is not enough, I don't know what to tell you. Find another show that packs more info and entertainment into two hours than I do, and you'll be a happy camper. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. Don't forget, you can follow me socially, Insta, Twitter, TikTok, and the snaps at BBQ Central Show for live video feed. You can also go over to Facebook or Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also find a live video feed over on YouTube, which is slash RD Rempe. Right off the bat, let's go to a programming note. At 1 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow, I will be doing... A special live show. We'll do it live. That's right. We will do it live. It is a special live show where I will be joined by Emily Park, who is the events manager at the World Series of Barbecue for the American Royal. And we will reveal the nine finalists for this year's 2021 Barbecue Hall of Fame. This will be the third year that we have this synergy going the second year in a row where we will be doing two special shows, one announcing the nine finalists, and then in this particular case, usually there's a three-week in-between, but there will be a two-week in-between. So on the 26th, you can come back on that Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and you will find the announcement live here on this show. We'll do it live. That's right. We will do it live. Do it li- For the three folks making up the 2021 class, you will also get to hear who is making it into the legacy members portion of the Barbecue Hall of Fame. So get your bets ready. We're not doing any betting tonight. I don't know anybody that's on the list. Uh, That's a lie. I do know one person that's on this list, but that's all I know. No names, please. But the other eight I have no idea on. I had dinner with Daniel Vaughn, who's on the names committee, a few weeks ago when I was in Texas going to a day job thing in Denton. And I tried and tried to squeeze names out of him, but he was unrelenting. So I quickly gave up hope, and that was that. So we'll see what the names are or who the names are tomorrow at 1 p.m. So make sure that you set your records, clocks, times, and however else one remembers to do something anymore. For a 1 p.m., you will get the live audio and the live video themes in your normal places as you do here on Tuesday. So join me and Emily Park from the American Royal as we reveal the nine finalists for this year's class of the 2021 Barbecue Hall of Fame. Listener feedback, uh, Jim in Pennsylvania writes, Greg, I have resisted writing in for weeks, but tonight I was finally compelled to do so. Can I ask why you seem to go out of your way to say frivolity in the way that you do? You have a great command of the English, of the English language. I'm not giving a great example of that right now, Jim. I apologize. You have a great example. <laughs> you have a great command of the English language, and you enunciate everything so well. What gives with the frivolity? I ask with peace and love, of course. Peace and love. Love the show. Peace and love. Thank you very much, Jim. Peace and love to you as well. 
I mean, why do do I say frivolity the way that I say frivolity? It's fun. Do you realize, Jim, how long I have said frivolity the way that I have said frivolity? Your Tuesday evenings, live fire, fun and frivolity show. Months, months and months. Nobody has said anything. I've done it on purpose. And obviously, Jim, I have pushed you over the proverbial edge last week. When I came in with the live fire fun and frivolity show portion and you had to pen me the email, I just say it for fun. I mean, anybody can say frivolity. Anybody can say that. Some other shows, as I had mentioned last week, try to steal live fire fun and frivolity right out from under me, but they don't say frivolity because I'm really one of the only ones that can enunciate that properly and have it stick in your mind going, why in the hell is he saying it like that? And just that word, it's so annoying. I did it just for you, Jim, and you finally caught me in it. So congratulations. Brian in Maine writes the show. Greg, love the show, but wait a second, Brian. We don't write emails like that. We say love the show and never but because what you're about to say now could mean that you don't actually love the show at all, but we will take all that into account as I continue. Greg, love the show, but things that didn't need a season two after the conclusion of season one include at the top of the list, season two of American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition. If you call that singing, then I'm praying for death before the end of this month in a word stop. Brian, what do you say? That the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition is not providing superior singing talent by the likes of me, embedded correspondents Rusty Monson, Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, and returning champion Jeff Rice? We're not giving you the singing quality that you need, Brian? So much so that you're praying for death before the end of the month. How about this? Don't die. Just don't tune in at the end of the month. But you're going to want to. I've recorded two songs that I'm trying to pick from. They're so good. Thank you for writing in, Brian. I'll talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits before we get to Meathead. Handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas in that time. Establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers. Pits and Spits setting itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10 gauge stainless in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. 304 stainless roll top lid and front shelf on every single smoker. So why does it matter? Well, by using higher quality materials, you get a smoker that reaches and maintains temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And by providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease and smoke leaking out of the chamber. Also, that grill isn't going to rattle apart as you move it through the backyard. And by using 304 stainless, you're getting an heirloom quality piece of equipment that you can pass down for generations to come. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and using quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to make these products? Absolutely. Do they like tack welds, cheap stainless, and electronics that you can't trust? Absolutely not. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards, not something you find brought in from overseas. Their steel suppliers supply material to be used in some of the harshest environments around, so they will perform in any and all conditions, and their controllers are made right here in the States. So they have unimpeded transparency into the programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. If there isn't one close to you, feel free to give 
Koi, a shop, a call at the shop, 844-650-6250. That's 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master or a competition team looking to do 50 racks of ribs, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out at pitsandspits.com, all spelled out at their website, or check them out in the wild across social media with our handle at Pits and Spits. And they sell really great pellet cookers that people are buying up by the truckload. So if you're in for high-end pellet cookers, check out the Pits and Spits, pitsandspits.com or at Pits and Spits. We're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic pit temperature control technology, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. All right, you know what that means. It's one of the most prolific theme songs and walk-up songs that you ever hear once a month here on the show. And that, of course, means we have a visit from none other than show favorite Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Hey, Meathead. Hey, hello, Greg, and hello, Centralites. Now, Greg, yes, you dodged the answer. I know why you say frivolity the way you do. Frivolity? That's the Harry Carey accent. <laughs> well, uh, I would say mostly astute, but for some reason, it is not something that I am keenly aware that I might be mimicking. I'm just saying it of like a like are. a tool, but it is. It's not half revolver, everybody, but it's a little there bit more. You know, yeah. Hey, hey. For, for listeners who don't know the history here, oh my, Greg does a wonderful imitation of the great baseball broadcaster who did both the Cubs and the Sox at various times, um, Harry Carey. And Greg used to do it re- regularly on the air yes. in his youth and childhood. And it sounds like the only thing remaining of that imitation is frivolity. Frivolity. I can't even say it. Yeah, it's there tough. You go. Yeah, there that's you tough. Go. Jim called me out and on it said, for Pittsburgh. You said you've written a couple of songs. I tuned in early just because I had nothing better to do. Yes. And I heard a song about Sherry. Oh, dear. Is that one of the songs you've written? <laughs> you heard that? Yes. <laughs> I didn't think that I hope was. your wife and oh, daughters have oh, never wait. heard no, that. No, 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 no. I know why you heard that. Okay. You, were, you had uh, linked in to the interface, so. That wasn't going out I over. Don't know. I'm telling you right All now. All I know is I'm sitting no, here yes, and yes. my jaw is dropping. <laughs> is, that, is that your idea of songwriting? Uh, well, 
here's the and who oh, pray tell right, look, is Sherry. <laughs> of course, I, uh, out of anybody I know, Meathead, you are waiting with bated breath to hear who Sherry is. No doubt about it. But all I have to say is this: it, it has been taken wildly out of context, and the only reason that you heard that is because you were in the green room early. That did not go out over Facebook or YouTube. That was only a green room hearing that you heard. So okay. uh, let's just say well, that... Not much embarrasses me, but I'd appreciate if that wasn't in the green room next month. <laughs> really? You didn't think this was funny? I, yeah, more all right, do I, all right. I, won't, I won't go ahead and play that. But yeah, I'm I, getting to be an old... So what I need to what I need to do off air is explain why that's funny because hearing it the way you heard it is just potentially very raucous. <laughs> raucous? Okay, we'll use that word. Yes, raucous. Incorrectly. Uh, blue? It's a little blue. But yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Royal blue. Royal blue. Yes. All right. I'll explain it to you. It'll make way more sense after the fact. But hearing it out so, of context is is a little One odd. more topic that you covered in the intro. All that's right. the announcement tomorrow about the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And you say you have no idea of who's going to be in there. Well, they did well, say nobody I knew knows one. for sure, I don't think. Yeah. But yeah. let's take a look at the list of people who were nominated last year that didn't get in. All right. Did you keep and a list? And that's probably where they're going to start, don't you think? I don't have any idea how it how it all works, to be honest. So, I, I mean, I would imagine. Well, that's a lie. I mean, I, I do understand how it works. So if you were on a finals list or you made that semi-final list of nine, let's call it. I don't even know what mm-hmm. we're supposed to call it. But let's, let's just say it's a, a, a list of nine finalists, three of which yeah. will be voted on and make up the Barbecue Hall of Fame for 2021. Right. The, all of those names holding the three that got in are wiped off and thrown back into the main hopper. So none of those names, which would be six, uh, immediately carry over into automatically making it into the semifinal or to the uh, finals list again. They have to be brought back up. Mm-hmm. They have to be agreed upon. And then, in essence, it's almost very complimentary that you would be brought up and then picked back on that list, especially if one didn't make it one or or two years or three years in a row or whatever. Well, my guess is is that if you were good enough to be nominated last year, but not good enough to get in, that you're probably got a good chance to um, to get on that nine list. Whether you get in or not, I don't know. And I have the list of the six All right. who were nominated last year that didn't get in. Let's hear and it. And I think it's a pretty stellar list, and there's a good chance some of these folks will be on the list again tomorrow, if not in- inducted. Okay. Let's hear the list. Well, Rodney Scott, the whole hog legend from South Carolina. Um, uh, he's uh, been opening more restaurants. Book writer he's now? a television star. He's been... He knows whole hog as well as anybody in the country. Sure. Um, uh, John Marcus, the guy who invented the barbecue pitmaster show on television, which has spawned numerous imitators. Um, uh, Bill Arnold, uh, a, a guy who invented the blues hog barbecue sauce, which is widely imitated and uh, very popular on the barbecue circuit. Um, Darren Worth. 
probably the best cook on the circuit right now. I don't know if he's won team of the year recently, but he just keeps winning and winning and winning. And I've tasted all of his meats. And my God, that man can cook um, out of uh, Iowa, Smokey D's Barbecue in Des Moines. Yep. And then finally, Leanne Whippen. Um, Leanne is uh, the managing partner of the uh, Devil Pig Restaurant in Tampa, uh, a popular competitor on several barbecue competition shows, including Barbecue Pitmasters. Oh, and I said finally, there's some other guy named Meathead who made that list last year. Yeah, we like Meathead. And he made the list the, list be- the year before. Yeah. He's the Susan Lucci of Barbecue hey. Hall of Fame. It's just an honor Many to be nominated, nominated, right, Meathead? It's just never, an honor. Never inducted. Always an honor, right? <laughs> it is an honor, but, uh, geez, I'd like to make it in. <laughs> All right, so holding yourself aside, because obviously you would like to see yourself in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and you've made no bones about it, do you have um, three uh, of the other names in that list that you would pick if you had a, a vote or if you could just unilaterally put people in this year off that list? No. I, I, I would think Rodney Scott's got a good shot. Um, he he really knows um, uh, the barbecue, um, pork, um, very well respected, very well liked. Um, uh, I think I would think that um, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I would put John Marcus in there, but his major claim to fame was inventing a television barbecue competition and doing, you know, directing and producing it for a couple of seasons or more than that. Um, he does a lot of charity work. Um, I'm not sure his his record is is huge, but my God, I mean, barbecue TV is just you know he invented it. Um, uh, Darren Warth, a brilliant cook. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, I think that they're all worthy. It'll be interesting to see how many of them get nominated tomorrow, and uh, if any of them make it in. Well, I'll be certainly interested to see how many make it back on the list, if any. Um. Uh, well, that uh, I, I do know at least one of these people that you've mentioned do make it back on this list. It's the only name I was able to draw out of Daniel Vaughn, but he was unrelenting when I was down in Texas a couple of weeks ago and we uh, shared a meal together before I went up. You to said you Texas. lied. You said he didn't tell you anything. Oh, you didn't listen fully to the open. I said, now, wait a second. I, I'm not telling you the truth. I got one name out of him. But no names, please. I'm not going to tell you who it is. And I could not get any other names out of him. So all right, I will all be right. interested to well, see. Well, I can how wait 24 happens. hours. Yeah, that's right. So uh, tune in 1 p.m., as I had mentioned at the top, and we will announce. Oh, it's at 1 names. o'clock? Yeah, 1 p.m. Eastern. So that will be noon for you, I think. Right? I can do that. Is that not right? Yeah. Yeah. 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, noon Central, and work your time zones back from there. Speaking and of which, I'm going to be on Clubhouse at three, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern cool. time with a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, Stephen Raiklin. Hmm. Uh, Stephen and I and and Chef Elizabeth Carmel are uh, every – well, Elizabeth and I are on every Wednesday on Clubhouse at 3 o'clock Central, 4 o'clock Eastern. For about an hour, we talk, we talk, we just talk about a topic. But Raiklin is on tomorrow to talk about his new book. Have you discussed it with him yet? The uh, grilling vegetables book. I mean, Meathead, how dare you? Uh oh. Okay, you so mean? you have. I mean, I, I knew about it when it was just in the writing stage. We've I done know, many I... interviews on how its progress is made. 
There's a guy here in okay. Cleveland that is in the book about vegetable charcuterie called the Larder Delicatessen, Jeremy Umansky, and I gave away two copies last week. I mean, I'm well steeped in oh. Stephen. By the way, I don't want to sit here and correct Meathead, but just to save <laughs> yourself the embarrassment tomorrow, it's Stephen Reichland, and he will correct you. What? It's not Reichland. What did I say, Reichland? You said Reichland. Uh, a lot of people oh, butcher it even worse me? than that, but it is Reichland, and I He's have been I have been taught the right way to say it. So let me help you now and save a little face in advance. Okay, I will get it right tomorrow. But Steven he is Reichland. the maestro. Yep. Um, uh, and uh, I will bow and scrape before him. Well, I just found out. Well, I didn't find out about Clubhouse, but. It just became available for Android users in the last 48 That's what hours. I hear. And uh, I, John Solberg sent me an invite, and I have joined Diva's Clubhouse that she does at 7 o'clock every morning just to get a feel for how that whole thing is operating. And I might Who? do uh, Danielle, uh, Danielle Bennett, Diva Q. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she's got the biggest barbecue clubhouse or whatever you call that, a group or rooms or whatever. Uh, there's uh, followers and whatever to the to the room. I so, wonder. I think yeah. we've got quite a few. Elizabeth and I have been doing it for about two months. Um, Wednesday at four o'clock Eastern. Yes, uh, we got a couple hundred followers. Okay. They don't all show up though. Of course. Well, I mean, I'm just learning all about it, so I don't even know the the, the right terminology. It's, you know, it's it's like Facebook Live, only yes. instead of typing your questions, you can ask aloud. And it's all audio, and it's not archived, from what yeah. I understand. So, and there's no about, video. No, I thought about doing uh, something called the wrap on Wednesdays at some point, where we recap the show from the night before with a couple moderators. Oh God, I thought you were going to ask me if I could rap. Can you? Hell no. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I'll put on a backing track and we'll hear you freestyle for us. It'll be great. And maybe next year you can join us for season three of the American Idols Barbecue Central Show Edition. I, I you know, I couldn't, I couldn't sing my way out of a paper bag, <laughs> All carry right. a tune in a paper bag. All right. Well off track here, Meathead. So let's go ahead and firmly place the wheels back on the rails. And uh, speaking about Clubhouse, uh, yesterday, uh, the topic du jour from uh, DivaQ's room was uh, shrimp. And I asked if you had any interest in shrimp, barbecue shrimp. Oh, shrimp. Yes. Shrimp. Yeah. So uh, what do you what do you uh, know about shrimp? Uh, aside from uh, I learned that you are, I guess, allergic. So you're probably not a big, yeah. big eater of that. But I would assume. Well, that's something I, I was. To talk about. I was raised in Florida. Yeah. And shrimp was, you know, on the menu often. I, I, we used it for bait. We caught everything on shrimp. Um, I used to cook quite a lot. And then about 20 years ago, um, I had some soft shell crab. And my throat swelled up, and I could barely talk. And I, you know, I, and um, uh, about a couple of weeks later, I had some uh, lobster and same response. And it became pretty clear that uh, the bugs, shrimp, crab, lobster, and crawfish, I had an allergy. I developed it late in life. I'm told that that's not unusual. It's not. That it's probably related. Yeah, your mom too? Yes. Um, Yeah, it, it, it. it could be fatal if you, you you can go in anaphylaxis. I didn't let that deter me because I was working on my last book. I wanted some um, shellfish recipes in there. And one day I was grilling some shrimp and just the vapors 
from the grilling made my eyes swell shut. So wow. I haven't cooked shrimp in a long time, but that doesn't mean I don't know a little bit about it. And uh, um, I can share some of the things that I know, I remember, and that I've heard from others and that I've read elsewhere that I might be able to share with you guys. All right. Give us some cooking tips or ways that seem to be the most popular. Well, let, let's start with buying shrimp. Uh, um, yes. Oh, yes. There's, yeah, yeah I, I think it's generally considered that your Gulf of Mexico shrimp are some of the best and that uh, there's a great deal of shrimp coming in from Thailand um, that is grown under uh, slave conditions, under very difficult conditions, very little regulation in the feed and the water quality. And uh, so the, the general impression I'm hearing out there is uh, try to find out the source, try to get Gulf of Mexico shrimp. Um, and try to avoid uh, shrimp from the uh, Far East. Um, that, um, you know, it, a, a lot of food, not just shrimp, turkey, everything else, uh, You sometimes it's best to get frozen. Um, if you buy fresh shrimp, well, you're, you're in Cleveland. Uh, you buy fresh shrimp in Cleveland. That means it's caught at sea one day, and it may spend a day in the hold of the ship on ice, uh, then it gets brought into the warehouse where they're sorted by size and packaged and bagged and shipped to a uh, ship to uh, Cleveland. And then it's distributed to the stores and it may sit there for a day or two. So by the time you buy fresh unfrozen shrimp, it could possibly be a week or more old. Um, oh. In those cases, it may be better to buy shrimp. And I say the same is true for um, turkey. You know, at Thanksgiving, there's a lot of fresh turkey. Um, if you can get fresh shrimp or shrimp that is frozen, fast frozen at sea, that may be a better strategy than getting fresh, unfrozen. Same thing with turkey. Get it fresh or get it fast frozen, and uh, you, you may end up with a higher quality. Um, I always chose larger shrimp than smaller shrimp um, because – the small shrimp cooks so fast and it gives you so little room to make mistakes. Uh, you know, larger anything, I mean, brisket, uh, uh, you've got, it, it takes longer to cook. It's harder to overcook. Um, so big shrimps, if you can, and their measurement systems is really weird. Um, if you buy um, uh, something called 31 slash 35 or 31 over 35, it means there's 31 to 35 shrimps per pound. Yep. And that they call medium uh, and sometimes large. They, 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 the sizes, large, medium, colossal, are kind of like condoms, you know. You buy a condom, Magnum. colossal. Magnum. Yeah, yeah right. You know, nobody's going to go and say, I need a small. <laughs> Nobody's gonna right. And so, um, uh, but I think you know, you get your large ones. Um, there's evidence uh, the, the the shrimp cooks that I really know um, say that it's better to cook with the um, shell on that you get more flavor. Yeah. But um, there's a vein. It's actually the digestive system that runs through the tail, and it can collect sand and uh, uh, other things that you don't want to eat. And uh, a lot of people prefer to get that out. It's pretty easy to get out. I've got pictures of how to do that on AmazingRibs.com. But to get it out, you you have to snip the tail open or remove the tail. It gets a little tricky. Um, so uh, 
if you can't really see the vein or the digestive system, you can leave it in and cook it with the, ta with the tail on. Something else that's really good about shrimp is it really absorbs marinades well. Um, uh, you know, it's classic that it's, it's often done in tequila uh, or, uh, but the problem with alcohol is it really affects the protein, but it absorbs marinades well and flavors, dry rub, seasoning. Um, and they're, they're, you, can, you can just toss them on the grill, but then you got to go flip, 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 flip. It's, it's a good technique to skewer them. Uh, you put two skewers so you can just flip them over like a raft, and uh, that's a really good technique. And um, I used to, when I, I did a stage at a French restaurant once um, for about six months, and I, would, I was really poor. I was a college student, and uh, I would save all the shells and legs from the lobsters and bring them home and make um, lobster bisque out of them. And you can do the same thing with shrimp. You make, make up a whole mess of shrimp, um, just save the legs and the, and the, and the shells, and uh, simmer them, uh, and you make a really good uh, bisque out of those with a little cream and some tarragon, some butter, nice, nice eating. So you are not down on frozen shrimp and uh, typically mm -mm. I get frozen shrimp. I'm, to be honest, I'm not a fully abreast consumer and looking to see where my shrimp is coming from. So, uh, you know, maybe I should do that and steer away from the, uh, the Vietnamese shrimp and the, the, the Taiwanian shrimp or, you know, whatever you were talking about. So uh, I should be a little bit more educated in that regard, but frozen shrimp is okay. And, uh, you know, when I yeah. was, um, in the, in that clubhouse conversation yesterday, some of the folks were saying that because of its, uh, frozen state that it will actually potentially keep the shrimp more moist because it is exuding some water through the cooking process and, and giving it a, a bit of a barrier of some degree? I don't know about that. Um, we know that when you sh freeze meat and shrimp, fish, I don't care what they say, it's meat. It's muscle. Um, when you sh freeze sh um, uh, muscle, which is typically, you know, like chicken is 70, 75% water. Uh, shrimp is like 90% water. Mm. Um, when you freeze it, if you freeze it slowly, the um, water turns into ice crystals, which are larger than the water molecules, and they're jagged and they're sharp. And they puncture the uh, muscle fibers, and then you have what they call purge. Uh, liquid comes out. But if you rapid freeze, very, very cold, rapid freeze, surrounded by not just pile them up in a pile, but put them on a... Uh, on a screen so cold air can surround them on all sides, uh, very cold. And again, the same thing goes for turkey, chicken, or other meats. Um, then you get smaller ice crystals. There's not as much puncturing, not as much purge. And I don't think there's a, a loss in a significant loss in quality. And I think in some cases it'll be better because it's caught and then frozen in a wonderfully fresh state. And rather than go through all the process of, shipping cross country now if you live in new orleans uh or you know on, on on the gulf coast of florida obviously you want to buy fresh shrimp if you can get it because it's likely just a day or two old meathead from amazingribs.com joining us here on the show you can find him at amazingribs.com meathead stand by and we will pick up the burger talk when we get back and uh, you stay tuned
And we'll talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills, pellet cookers, right? We love pellet cookers. Everybody is buying pellet cookers, taking the world by storm still. If you're looking to add one to the arsenal this season, why not check out Green Mountain Grills selling through dealers? So go to GreenMountainGrills.com and check out where the nearest dealer is to you. Then go ahead and visit that dealer and get the lowdown on all the different models that they are currently offering. A Choice Line and a Prime Plus Line currently. The Choice Line is entry model. If you want to save a couple hundred bucks, you can do that with your Choice Line. You don't get the app accessibility. You don't get a Wi-Fi technology you don't get internal meat probes or fancy windows to look inside the thing. However, it's still the same size as the Prime Plus. It still fills uh, the or fits the pizza oven insert that I talk to you about each and every week. Now, if you want to be with all of the current technical capabilities that a lot of these other cookers out there have, then get the Prime Plus line. You can get two internal meat probes. That comes standard. You can get peek-in windows on the cooking chamber. And on the pellet hopper, you also get Wi-Fi connectivity, and you can do everything through an app interface like a lot of the other cookers out there can do currently. So go to GreenMountainGrills.com and check it all out. Again, the Prime line, a little bit more of a robust build. You get a front shelf, a couple other things the Choice line doesn't have, but it's certainly up to you, your budget, what you're looking for. But both of them are great cookers. I have both lines. I still use both lines. Very good. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Also selling pellets and sauces and rubs and other accessories to complete your Green Mountain Grill experience. GreenMountainGrills.com. Find a dealer near you, and then off you go. Success right off the bat. More with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. We just talked about Green Mountain Pellet Grills. You can go to CookinPellets.com and fire that Green Mountain Grill or any pellet grill that you currently have, your number one source. For quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers, visit CookinPellets.com for more info or to purchase. That's CookinPellets.com. And we are rejoined by Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. All right, Meathead. Let's talk about burgers, one of my favorite things. Oh, boy. I love burgers. I think I could eat burgers oh boy, do I. every night for dinner, perhaps even for lunch and dinner, uh, seven days a week. I love them in all forms and fashions. Hold the onion, of course. Uh, where should we start with burger talk? Should we talk about like the history of the burger? Should we talk about regionalities of burgers? Or should we just jump right into making Let's and talk about how to make all burgers. All right, think- let's do that. You know, they, 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 we, we, we'll, we'll run two hours if we start getting into the history, which is disputed, and the regional styles, which aren't as identifiable as hot dogs. Hot dogs has very distinct regional styles. Yes. Burgers would be more restaurant-to-restaurant specialties. I, you know, I've, I was thinking about this when you said you'd like to talk about burgers tonight, and I was thinking, I think learning to master burgers was a bigger mountain to climb for me than brisket, um, than anything. Because it really is hard to nail it, 
there are just so many possible ways you can screw up a burger, and there are so many variables to getting it right. Um, so, you know, I, I worked really hard, and it was interesting about, you know, halfway through my journey and do burgers, it dawned on me that what I was striving for was I had this platonic vision of the perfect burger in my head. And as I was talking with friends, it, it turns out they have them too. You probably have one, Greg, somewhere in your background, you had that burger that just blew you away. You saw God, didn't you? Yes. Tell us about it. It was a dark and stormy night. No. Um, <laughs> so this this literally just happened. So prior to having my best burger ever, the burger that I'm about to explain to you, which is now the second best burger, everybody's going to laugh at. And I found... I, look, I, I want to learn more about grinding my own meat and getting a grinder and doing all that stuff that we're going to talk about. The best burger I have had prior to two weeks ago has been a Bubba burger, the frozen brown box burger. And it's because I took the time and figured out how to perfectly cook those patties, maintain Ah. most of the weight and the shape, little color inside Super juicy the way they blend those burgers with the fat. I mean, they got a lot of fat in there too. It they were just magical. And I knew I could turn on my Weber gas grill. I could just put it to medium heat, whatever that came to on the rotary dial, whatever. But I knew the heat was the same. And I could put them on in four minutes and fifteen seconds, I would flip them over. At four minutes, I would put cheese on top, let them go for another thirty seconds, off you go, stack them up. And they were perfect. Every single time, and it's been like that for 10 years that I've been eating Bubba Burgers. And I don't even know why I had a Bubba Burger in the first place. And I probably felt really cheap and slutty when I had those Bubba Burgers. But man, oh man, they are so delicious. And everybody I tell to try Bubba Burger, after they get done making fun of me, and they try it, call me back and go, don't tell anybody. Those are some really fucking good burgers. I was like, I know. Sing it from the rooftop. However, I'm going to try it. That being said, when I was at Knife Restaurant in Dallas with Daniel Vaughn two weeks ago, uh, I we heard about this. Had the Ozersky burger. This Josh is Ozersky, yes, Josh Ozersky, the legendary meat man from New York, lauded, whom I know, whom I knew very well, yep. who called me the night he died, asking me if I would get together with him for a few drinks. Really. And it was late, and I said, no, I can't make it. What? Yep. That night? Yeah, I wrote the story. The story's on AmazingRibs.com. Uh, he was in Chicago for the James Beard Awards. And um, he called me up, and it was late, and uh, I just I bowed out, and I lost him. Holy moly, what a story. Yeah, he, was, he knew meat better than anybody, and he knew burgers better than anybody. Yep. So Knife makes a tribute burger to him called the Ozersky Burger, and I don't know exactly what's in the blend. But once again, I think when it comes to burgers, you can so easily get sidetracked into throwing everything in the kitchen sink 
on top of a burger, and you and basically you lose the essence of the burger. But they don't do that here. It has uh, quickly flesh griddled onions on the bottom, and then a perfectly uh, probably a little over medium rare burger because whatever blend that they're making, uh, you know, I'm sure they're keeping it safe. And then it's a slice of American cheese on top, a nice brioche bun, and the flavors just worked so well in its simplicity, and it was just masterfully cooked. And I mean, again, it sounds so simple, and like there should be fifty mm-hmm. other things on top of this in order to put the burger over the top. But that that burger that night changed my burger life to this point. And before that, it was Bubba Burgers. Well, let's let's figure out how to do it. Um, I think the first step in the process is decide if you want to do a diner burger, which is a, which which is my fancy name for quarter pounder, a little thin puck, or a steakhouse burger, which is six to eight ounces, or as much as nine ounces, um, and and th- that's that's right where you got to start. The crucial question. You know, everybody raves about in and out and steak and shake and five guys and everything. These are all quarter pounders. And uh, when you get right down to it, um, they're all well done. They may have some nice brown Maillard on the outside. But what makes them really work is all the junk that they put on them. The secret sauce, the shredded lettuce, the chopped tomato, the pickle, the bun with the sesame, and all that stuff. They're fine, um, and I enjoy them, but they don't really send me like the steakhouse burger. I mean, a six- to eight-ounce burger, you're going to get beefy flavor, and the meat is going to dominate every bite rather than get lost among all the toppings. Now, when you do your Bubba burgers, those are quarter pounders? Yes. And do you do single or double? Uh, I do double for mine, but everybody else eats just a single patty, and they're very happy with it. Okay. So I think that's your first question out there is, are are you going to do a steakhouse burger or a diner burger? Um, If you're going to do a diner burger to get max flavor, the secret is is to get a great Maillard or brown coating all around. And the answer to that is a smash burger. You make your quarter-pound ball. And you roll it up in a ball, a little bigger than a golf ball, and you put a griddle on the uh, grill, either a cast iron pan or a cast iron griddle or stainless steel. There's a strong argument to be made for stainless steel griddles. (laughs) Um, And you take that ball and you whang it right down on there and you leave it sit there for about 30 seconds to a minute. And then you smash it with your... Um, you don't really smash it. You press it hard with your spatula or um, a um, uh, one of those uh, things that they use for spreading uh, plaster on a wall. Uh, you just want to smash it so that the meat stretches out and you get really good intimate contact with the surface of the hot pan. 350 to 375 for the griddle is your target temperature. That's what the uh, the best fast food joints shoot for on their griddles. Um, and uh, you turn it when you've got the right color brown. Now, one of the things you want to ask is mix-ins. Um, a lot of people put things like Worcestershire sauce, um, onions, yep. and now, event, now you're moving from burger into meatloaf. 
um, <laughs> I don't mind putting a little uh, onion powder, garlic powder, black pepper in there, but don't put salt in your burger. Um, the salt we know is um, the magic rock, and salt does wonderful things to muscle meats, um, but on ground meats, it can make it very firm, very hard, very chewy, and it can um, cause uh, excess water loss. So you want to wait until just before you put it on the grill to sprinkle the salt on top um, or both sides if you want. So don't mix it in, but put it on or under or both uh, sides of the burger. Now, for the steakhouse burger, I think it's a really good technique to grind your own. Now, there's a really interesting question that comes up about what level of doneness you want. Um, medium rare, 130, 135, it's kind of rosy inside. Medium, it's pink inside. Um, the USDA wants you to cook it to 155 when, when it's well done and tan inside. Um, there's a really good safety issue here to think about, and that is, do you feel lucky today? Um, e. coli is a problem with all ground meats, particularly burgers. And if you want to cook it to a safe temp of 150, 155, you're, 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 you're going to run the risk of drying it out. And the way you combat that is more fat. Mm. The moisture in a burger that's vital is not water. It's fat. fat. So you want to get a burger that is an, a minimum of 80-20 blend. A lot of um, ground beef in the uh, grocery store is 15% fat. Um, you may want to push it as high as 30, especially if you're going to cook it to 155. And if you do, you won't notice that it's gray in the center um, <laughs> if you've got enough fat in the blend. And if, if there isn't, next time you do a brisket, save some of the fat you've trimmed off. It freezes well, and you can just grind that and mix it into your burger. Do not, when you buy uh, ground beef at the store, buy something called ground beef or hamburger. If it's labeled ground beef or hamburger, it's uh, lips and assholes, hearts and penises. You want to buy um, uh, ground uh, chuck, ground sirloin. It should give you the name of the cut. Um, chuck is a common blend even in a lot of really good restaurant burgers because it tends to be about 80 20 and it's very flavorful um so you could just go down to your burgers uh, to your meat department and look for a chuck steak or a chuck roast and and you know pick something that looks about 80 20 and take it home and grind it yourself home grinders are not expensive no. um, you don't need anything fancy with a motor the hand crank grinders that they sell on amazon for 20 30 bucks work just great and you need the coarse holes not the fine holes you want to grind it coarse um, and uh, if you want to mix in some of those flavorings okay but don't go crazy with the mix-ins now if you want extra fat and you don't have any burger meat laying fat. around and you want to kind of jazz a burger up, grind in fat. some raw bacon. Fat. Raw bacon. Bacon. All right. Bacon. 
bacon, 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 bacon. Bacon really amps up the flavor. It's got salt in it, but it's not the salt. The salt is not in with the fibers of the meat. So it, it's, and it's got all that smoke flavor. I mean, everything you love about bacon. And I've played with it. Don't use more than 10 to 15% bacon. Um, otherwise, the, the burger will fall apart. Um, but it really is a nice touch. It's a bacon burger, except instead of putting the bacon on top, it's mixed right in. It works really nicely. Let me interrupt um, you just for one second uh, because yeah. I have made an error, and I just want to point it out. Bubba burgers are uh, six one-third pound burgers in a package, not quarter pounders. One they pound. are one-third pounds, so a little bigger. Okay. Um so that, that that's a nice size. Well, yeah. let's see. I, you know, Delicious. I can't do math in my head anymore. Um, uh, uh, where's my calculator? Um, Sixteen ounces is a pound uh, divided by three is five point three ounces. Yes. So that's a nice size. Yeah. That's just under what I call a steakhouse, steakhouse. burger. Right. Six ounces is where I draw the line. Yeah, but good. that's just you know you're, you've got some substance there. It's a little thicker yes. than those hockey pucks. That that, that, that that gives me courage to try one. Um, something else you might play with, um, and I know this is going to get some people upset, but MSG. MSG amplifies food flavors. It's, it, it's a natural product. Well, what, the shaker is not it, – it's manufactured. But people who go, oh, no, it's, it, you know, it's chemistry. I mean, MSG exists in a lot of foods we eat all by themselves. Um, and uh, – uh, you know, in, in, in cheeses, in tomatoes, in uh, mushrooms. Uh, so, you know, um, MSG is a nice addition, and it does amplify flavor. It's like turning the dial up to 11. Um, an, another couple of tricks here. Uh, you don't need to buy ribeye or filet mignon or your best cuts. Um, it, their flavors are due to the amount of fat, and you're going to mix in fat or make it fatty, so don't worry about that. Um, and don't worry about using a, a tough cut. You can use rump. Um, you can use uh, sirloin, which is a little tough, um, because by grinding it, you're essentially pre-chewing it. It's, you know, it, 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 it's not going to be tough. I mean, who's ever, if you've had a tough burger, it's because somebody has either oversalted the interior or they overwork it. Now, when you get your burger and you're making your patties or you're making your balls for making smash burgers, don't work it too hard. You want air pockets in there to hold the juices, to hold the fat when it melts. So don't overwork it. They make these little uh, gadgets that you can, um, they're forms, and you can, you know, put the ground beef in there and press down on I it. I have it makes one of those. exactly perfect. Pardon? I have one of those from uh, Lem Products. Yeah. It's a great, pr it's a yeah, great burger I, press. They make burgers very uniform, and that's nice because when you're cooking them, you want to know how much they weigh, how long they to, to get your timing right. But if you press those guys too hard, um, you're you're pushing out a lot of the air pockets, and you want to keep some air pockets in there if you can. You don't want to overwork them. Um, let's see what else did I? I'm looking at some notes I took. Uh, Burger glop recipe. What is that? Ah, ah, um. It may be the best recipe on AmazingRibs.com. Oh, wow. Um, it is uh, my secret sauce, but it's no secret. 
And it, you know, I mean, your your basic um, secret sauces from McDonald's and everywhere are a blend of ketchup, mayonnaise, mustard, and so on. I, that's where I start. There's a couple of other fun things in there, but the secret ingredient is is I substitute a Kansas City style barbecue sauce for the ketchup. I mean, huh. case you know, a red barbecue sauce is really just ketchup on steroids, you know. Um, and it really takes it to another level. It's really fun. Go to amazingribs.com. Look up my recipe for burger glop. Make up a batch. I just did a pint of it this week. Um, and, and it works out great on burgers. It, it, it just really makes them shine. Um, uh, thank you for bringing that one up. Um, what else? Uh, oh, okay. Now, if you absolutely have to have a medium rare or rare burger or medium burger and you are concerned about the bacterial risk and you should be there's a trick to get there and that is you can buy pasteurized meat um, which has usually been radiated the radiation does no harm to the meat but you can pasteurize it yourself you go out and you buy a chuck steak which is around 80 20 and you bring it home and you get a pot of water boiling on the stovetop now, if, a, if meat is going to be contaminated, it's going to be contaminated almost sur always on the surface. Right. Microbes are huge. They can't penetrate deep into the meat. So if there's E. coli or somebody there, it's going to be on the surface. And it can get there during the butchering process, a hundred different ways. I'm not going to get into it. But the problem with ground beef is, is if you take a, a steak that has contamination and grind it up, now the contamination is in the center, and if you don't cook it to 150, 155, now you are at risk, and particularly children, elderly, and immune compromised are at risk. Um, so you don't want to do Memorial Day in the uh, emergency room of the hospital. But if you take that steak and you put it in boiling water for about 30 seconds, you have just pasteurized it. Huh. You have killed all the bacteria on the surface. Pluck it out. It'll be a little gray on the surface, but once you grind it, you'll never notice it. It won't affect the flavor, and now you can cook your burger to medium rare or rare if you want, and it's perfectly safe. Um, another thought. Um, you don't need USDA Prime or Wagyu. I mean, you see restaurants, you know, Kobe burgers, Wagyu burgers. It's the meat and the fat blend and how you cook it. And, uh, you know, the, the beauty of Wagyu and Kobe is that they're so tender. Well, who cares when it's ground beef? It's pre-chewed. So don't waste <laughs> your money on them. Right. Let me chew that beef for you in the form of a steak, and I'll tell you how good it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, my. Well, you can get all your burger information over at AmazingRibs.com, of course. And from time to time, we rehash this subject uh, because, as Meathead and I both have said, we love burgers. Uh, I think we're both fans of Steakhouse Burgers. But uh, you got to try. If, if they have them near you, get a box of Bubba Burgers. If you don't like it, I'll reimburse you the 12 bucks or whatever it is. But uh, <laughs> I, I, find, I find them to be really good uh, about... You know, four and a half minutes aside, and and away you go. You can obviously take it. I up am or, writing or down it down there, now. But, uh, it's so good. Uh, you can find Meathead uh, over on social media. You can find him at AmazingRibs.com, and of course, the second Tuesday 
of the month right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Before we go, Meathead, one last thought? Two last thoughts. Number right. one, um, the meetup in Memphis is back on. We had it. <laughs> we canceled it twice. Uh, it was scheduled for August. It is now back on for March 18th through 20 in Memphis. Same schedule, everything. Just go to AmazingRibs.com slash Memphis. The only conference in the world for barbecue lovers, backyard barbecue. Um, it should be a lot of fun. We've got some good speakers. And the other bit of information is, is we broke the 17,000 member mark on the Pitmaster Club. And that now makes us the largest barbecue association in the world. We are officially larger than KCBS. Wow. Now, that probably won't last. KCBS lost a lot of members last year because of COVID. And I'm sure they'll come back and pass us. But for this shining moment, we are bigger than KCBS. Look at this guy. Congratulations, Meathead. Uh, you can help further the cause if you are not a member of the Pitmasters Club by shucking out less than $25 for membership over the course of the year and have access to all sorts of great information and message boards and all that stuff. Meathead, thanks so much, and we will see you in June. Always good to talk to you, Greg, and the Centralites. There he is, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Wow, 17,000 members right there. Look at Meathead go. Bigger than KCBS right now. That means it's probably seven or nine times bigger than uh, NBBQA, right? <laughs> Maybe 15 times bigger than NBBQA. Anyway, you can find Meathead right here on the second Tuesday of the month. I'll talk to you quickly about Cosmos Q. Based out of Oklahoma, Cosmos Q has been providing both backyard and competition cooks, world championship level rub sauces, injection soaks, and Brian's, their exclusive wing dust, is also available on the market right now. Best of all, the products are made right here in the States with all natural ingredients. Cosmos Q continues to break new ground in the rub seasoning sauce and injection world. The results proven not only on the competition trail year after year, but also proven in the backyard as well. More and more backyard warriors looking to step up that barbecue game and take it to the next level. No better or easier way to do that than by picking world championship quality rub sauces, injections, and marinades. And that's exactly what happens when you choose Cosmos Q. Not only is the barbecue game covered, but they have that grilling game covered as well. Whole line of products to help amp up that part of your outdoor cooking repertoire. By the way, Cosmos knows a thing or two about grilling. After all, he is a world championship steak cook. Head on over to Cosmos Q's website right now, Cosmos with a K, the letter Q.com. That's Cosmos with a K, the letter Q.com. As you check out, use promo code SPRINGBBQ10, all one word. Do it together, SPRINGBBQ10, and that will get you 10% off your entire order at Cosmos Q. All the products that you want, the injections, the marinades, the rubs, the wing dust, which I'm falling in love with more and more each day. And you can save 10% off the entire order with Spring BBQ 10. We've run a little bit over. We will go ahead and catch up and then get over to the second hour. Stick around. We will be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. 
And this portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard 2, Fireboard 2 Drive, and Fireboard 2 Pro. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Steve in the chat room. Did Greg, Mr. Thermoworks, his restaurant steak, just give cooking instructions by time? Technically, yes, Steve. However, and I say this with peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Through the time I learned how to cook those Bubba Burgers, medium heat, four minutes and 15 seconds. You know, those first many handfuls of times I was using my thermopen to make sure that they were at a temperature that I felt comfortable with. And at that point, it was just time. So I'm giving you time now, but it has also been thermo worked. Fear not. By the way, I have breaking news. We have to push off the embedded correspondence segment at least another month for shooting the Ruth Chris plates at 500 degrees simply because... The Ruth Chris here in Cleveland has closed. So I got to wait until I go down to Columbus next month at the top of the month. So, hey, we will have it, except it will be at the end of June and not the end of May. Let's go ahead and break for the second hour and abridge the top, and then we will get to jerk charcoal after that. Stick around. We'll be right back.